0: But that's literally the only note <laughs> I took, so we're gonna we're gonna freewheel it.
1: This is just gonna be a vibes podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
3: exactly. Vibes.
1: We're-
3: Antonio Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Is that a Ramona? Ketchup. Uh, uh, f- sauce. Yeah, is gone.
4: yeah okay, I agree. Busy drinks okay. is gone.
2: What?
0: Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram. We've got a full house for the pod tonight, uh, full of uh, celebration and revelry after Tottenham come from behind, behind two goals from Steven Vine to beat Leicester City 3-2 at the King Power Stadium. We'll start by throwing it out to my man Dakota at Dakota J Booth on Twitter. Dakota, what's going on, my friend? Just still
4: buzzing, man. What a match. What a result. uh, You know, and what a comeback story for Steven Bergvine. I know everybody feels great for him. uh, And hopefully this is a launching point for Tottenham as a club and for
0: Stevie B at Tottenham if he sticks around. We've also got the Todd father on hand at TC underscore Kisho. TC, how you doing, mate?
3: Any day. Guys, any day that you get the opportunity to talk about a come from behind victory for Tottenham Hotspur is a good fucking day. These are facts. I'm excited. I'm fired up as the rest of everybody is. And just as in, in and no free plugs. But if you get the opportunity to see Expression Oozing's uh, live reaction to the the winners, uh, the the equalizer and the winner of this game, uh, it is exactly how all of us are and or should be feeling at this very moment.
0: I always forget that I should introduce Todd last because his line has become the iconic line of this podcast but I, I'm 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 glad you're here buddy. I I'm so good to see you and uh good to have your enthusiasm here with us. Uh we've also got Scott with us at DSM Spurs who I know is buzzing as well. Scott, how are you mate?
2: No need to fucking ask if Tottenham played today, baby. That's <laughs> saying. <said. So, yeah. laughs> I, I, I don't even know if I've reacted yet to that. I, I was like, I am busy at work today. I definitely watched every minute of the match. Right. Or, you know, most of them. Right. But, but, uh, it was one of those days too, where I think by like the 92nd minute, I just kind of resorted to a great performance that netted zero points and that happening sometimes in this sport. Right. Um, and now we have three points and uh, kind of working through that, but, um, uh, yeah fucking glad to be here
0: glad to have you too my friend and and yes i did remind you this morning that we were playing jokingly thank you i knew no, you I knew appreciate that. i needed it so. <laughs> but but did they ever uh we've also got caroline Stefko in the house at cg Stefco on twitter caroline happy to have you on board how's it going
1: as everyone else has said i am buzzing 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 <laughs> what an incredible end to the match uh, but between this match and the women's game against West Ham on the weekend, I feel like I have experienced every single emotion related to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, so I might need a little while to calm down from this one.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. all Everyone's, uh, you know, we've had, what is what are we, about an hour and a half after the match ended, uh, maybe close to two hours. Um, everyone's heart rates have kind of, like, started to come down a little bit, I think, but it's going to be through the night, I think, for everyone here. Um, let's let's just start with kind of where we were in that moment. Scott kind of alluded to it. Like for me, 92nd minute, I was, you know, telling people on Twitter and uh tell him, telling you guys in the group chat, Hey, this I'm, I'm not going to really, really going to really be disappointed at a two, one loss here. We, we kind of pulled Lester's pants down and spanked him. I mean, they Tottenham went and beat Lester's ass today um, up and down the pitch and they were going to get an unlucky result. And then, you know, shit got really turned on its head. Um Todd, let's start with you man. What was your just genuine reaction to everything that happened in really in stoppage time?
3: Um well, I mean, everything that happened is like I, I appreciate your optimism at a potential 2-1 uh, loss. I was on the other side of that coin going, "Damn it, Harry Kane had two goals cleared off the line, hit the bar, hit the post." I I I mean, Hoybier had one cleared off the line that I was literally celebrating in oh, the middle of it. Yeah, that one was a I, tough one. It just didn't. and the the goals that they scored were the jammiest, scummiest goals that you could have possibly asked to have go against you. And for us to lose 2-1 like that, it was it was stinging, really bad. Um for that equalizer to go down in the way that it did, well, first off, let's just bring it to the fore right now, guys. Don't piss off Stevie B because, <laughs> uh, Dakota chime in here. What's the center back's name? So I don't screw it up.
4: Uh, Kaglar Soyuncu,
3: whatever the man bun, his name is, that guy made the worst possible mistake by, uh, by hanging over Stevie B in a way that, um, well, just lit it ignition in, 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 that, I mean, we've been looking for this sort of fire from Stevie B for a long time, since he got here, since, since the Man City result. And uh, we found it. It's pretty darn
0: exciting. Dakota, where were you at in in this moment? I mean, like I said, I was kind of resigned, but also just feeling good after a good performance. And then a good performance with a bad result turned into a really good performance with a really good fucking result.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Similarly, I was trying to figure out how to justify a loss as like a good, a good performance, despite a loss. I've also been at war with Arsenal Twitter over the last like four days. So I was, now. why would that be? What,
0: what why would you be at war uh, with them? What have they, what have they done lately? Have they even played I, a game lately?
4: Well, Couch. you know, I think that's the issue. There's too much time on their hands because they can't <laughs> play games. Um, but yeah, I was trying to, I was not looking forward to it, seeing if that was going to come back, but, um, Yeah, trying to justify in my head, this is still a good performance. This is a lot to build off of. Just really quickly, we had 27 shots, 10 of them on target, seven big chances created today. Harry Kane himself had 10 shots, which is... He, that guy played out of his mind today. That's, that needs to be said, I think, at the top of the show. So I mean, if yeah, it wasn't for to,
0: Steven Bergvine scoring twice in, in in what, 76 totally. seconds, he's the man of the match. And and, well, I mean, and, Harry, even, and even through that, I think he is the man of the match. He, Harry was incredible. You're right.
3: Absolutely. He had a great yeah. game. Goal and an assist. Uh, the guy's a stud. He owns for Schmeigel, as we've discussed.
4: For sure. So, yeah, trying to justify a loss with this performance, which just didn't didn't seem fair, but sometimes happens in this weird sport. Um, and then I kind of ruined it for myself because I went on the internet Ugh, knowing that, that internet. <laughs> knowing that you know listeners of this show know how good my internet is. So I was a I was a few seconds behind and <laughs> uh ruined both goals for myself. So um no no shade to Spurs Express, but you're getting muted next time, next match. <laughs> you're getting muted because uh I would like to enjoy these things organically, but Huge win, huge goals, uh, huge performances all around. We played lights out today, and it's only deserving that we walk away from the King Power with all three points.
0: Scotty, what about you, mate? Where were you? Um, I know that you said you're, you're still kind of grasping like all of this and still kind of coming down from it almost you know, an hour and a half, two hours later. What, what was your reaction to just the end of that game?
2: Honestly, the, when the ball went in, I just I was thinking like, no way this is actually happening. I was sure it was going to hit the post and then you you look for the offsides, you know, and then that doesn't come. And you're like, OK, OK, maybe we actually won this match. And sure enough, we did. But um, so I think my my celebration was probably very, very conservative compared to, to many people. Right. But I don't think it's it's for any other reason. That's just kind of the way it happened based on circumstances. Um, but I, again, just kind of had that thought. Is this is actually something that will happen to Tottenham. And it did um, It's kind of like the Lucas thing, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it just doesn't feel real. And you, you look back and reflect on it. This is obviously three premier league points and not a champions league semifinal, but, but, uh, but yeah, I also think it's kind of one of those things where when I thought we were not going to pull anything away from this match, I really wasn't terribly concerned with it. I mean, we know, you know, our ceiling is top four and, and we know we're, we're, you know, sitting on some games in hand and we had performed so well today that I wasn't going to really have any concern or like issue with not getting the points. I would have moved on pretty easily. Um, So it's my, I guess my mood right now is almost just like grateful to get the three points, but I don't think I ever got like low enough to like get back up high, you know, just, it was always kind of a whatever thing. And then we ended up winning. Right.
0: Yeah, that's I I, I kind of felt on the same wavelength with you on that. I was just like, you know, in the moment, I was like, wow, we, you know, oh, okay, cool, we equalized. At least we're going to get something out of this. And then all of a sudden, for it to be, you know, less than two minutes later, and and really beyond well, the time of what of what even should have been allotted for extra time.
2: Hmm. Well, and honestly, it's interesting because when when, when scored his first goal, my thought was like, good, good rest good job you guys rescued a point, but I also didn't really feel like it was enough. I was like, you know, not quite enough from the performance we just put in, but like good job rescuing the point. Cool, you know? Um, and so I almost think that had like leveled me out and probably again led to like more of the muted reaction to, to, to Bergwijn's winner eventually. But um, but yeah, just, I, I don't know, man. Just one of those things where you can look at it from the reaction you can look at it from the perspective of Bergvine of Conte showing faith in him, um, but I think the biggest takeaway and, and probably like feeling that I have right now is that this can just be such a big moment for that this club, and that's what I think is so exciting about what just happened today. Right? We're well, we're
0: you- we're definitely going to dive into that, Caroline. Before we get to that, though, Caroline, I want to get your reaction because I know we we talked about this too, and like we both scared our pets in in our reaction to this match. <laughs> what what were you feeling in that moment?
1: Yeah, like I said earlier, after having watched the women's match on Sunday, I was feeling pretty low, but it was still 2-1, because I was thinking to myself, okay, our other Spurs team is also going to have a disappointing result after playing a phenomenal game. Um, it was just feeling a little tragic <laughs> overall, but... So, you know, when when got his second goal, my reaction was not muted at all. I was (laughs) screaming, jumping up and down like and I don't normally do that on like a normal match day. Like I'm I just I couldn't help it. I was so excited that we it felt like we were finally going to get the result that we earned today. And I'm glad that it didn't slip away from us. And I was also thinking to myself that Lester must absolutely hate us at this point. Cause we <laughs> seem to do this to them all the time. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. We, we do really seem to be Lester's bogey team, if nothing else. Uh, Todd, wow. you were going to jump in there about, you know, the kind of, kind of the moment that this could be like Scott mentioned. I, I kind of, I, I think it's, we're still like so soon in the aftermath of this to maybe really feel that, but all of a sudden you start to look ahead and you think, Maybe this really could be that, right?
3: Well, my immediate reaction to this was, what are the ramifications going to be for Stevie Burvine? And, you know, in the midst of the – and we're not going to come on to transfer talk, but in in the midst of, you know, uh, rumors uh, about, uh, you know, 15 and 18 million euro deals being, uh, you know, made by and rejected from Ajax to Tottenham, um, saying that they wanted more for Stevie B, in, in terms of, you know, in, in the sense that there's been so much turmoil around him and playing time and changing managers and injuries and hitting the post and a bunch of different things that have just sucked the life and confidence out of Steven Bergvine in a Tottenham shirt. And it's been, it's been very sad. Not quite in Dombele, sad, but it's been pretty sad. And, you know, I thought, well, you know, I, I still think he's a quality player with World Cup coming up. Maybe move back to the Netherlands might be best for him as he's trying to to make that squad and make an impact for them. But I'll tell you what, this is the type of game that really fires you up as a goal scorer, and especially with Sonny being injured, this is the type of thing that could be the type of catalyst that we need as a club, the spark that we need to go into a really tough time without some of our key players.
4: Every time that Antonio Conte has been asked about Steven Bergvine, he's only talked about how important of a player Steven Bergvine is for the club, how Steven Bergvine is the type of player that there is not another one on the roster of. He can play out wide. He can play as a striker. He's a very creative number 10. So, and Conte, you know, backed up as much uh when asked about Steven Bergvine in, in post game so i wouldn't be surprised if Bergvine sticks around especially if 15 or 18 million is all that is going to be coming back um for steven so i th- i i think steven probably gets right back in the starting lineup on sunday and we go back to a 343 with uh lucas on one side and Bergvine uh, on the other, sitting behind Harry Kane, um, it, it, which, you know, could be a favorable uh, personnel and, and a favorable formation against this Chelsea's team. But that kind of depends on how Thomas Tuchel decides to to send his players out. So there's a, a, a lot that will go into that match, but we're going to revel in today. We're going to let Stevie, Stevie B have his flowers for his performance today and uh, hope that he can continue um the the streak and in a lily white shirt
0: you know it's interesting my my immediate thought when Bergvine came in and 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 did what he did during this match was that the price tag went up it wasn't that he would be sticking around and that's no no shade to Stevie B because I've always wanted to see him kick on but knowing that he's kind of been in the proverbial shop window this month uh, and knowing that a, a a bid or at least a, a rumored or reported bid was out there for him, and then subsequently turned down by Spurs, it kind of made me think, oh well, now the price can you know the the price can be met perhaps, and the price can go up. Um, I, I I agree with you, Dakota. I think le- like let's all give Stevie B his flowers for this moment and appreciate it. And I think as I always say with 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 transfers. What's going to happen is going to happen. None of us can control it. Obviously, we can all um, bitch and moan, but there's less than two weeks left in the window, and nothing's been done. And I'm still okay with that. I think within this next week or so, we'll start to see some of the the faucets be turned and and start to see things get moving a little bit. Um, but
4: that's I, what my sources are telling me.
0: Yeah, our 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 regular itk uh, at Dakota J. Booth tweet him, not me. Um, but I. <laughs> That's just kind of how I feel about it, and 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 I agree. Like, if Stevie, if this, it would be kind of weird that if if this was the match that caused Stevie B to stay on, that's kind of wild. But also, that's kind of cool too. Like, that's kind of cool that he he could have this moment, not just for the team perhaps to kick on, but for him to kick on uh, with this team at this point.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's it's much more likely that Conte would see the performance today and want to keep him around than than his price tag going up for him today. Because I think the first goal, if you're playing in the Premier League, you got to put that away. Not everybody does, right? But it's like, you're there, wide open net, smash it home. The second goal is impressive, right? He puts himself in good space and it's a cool, cool finish. Um, but I also don't think that like, one goal ups a, ups a price tag, right? So I think it's much more, and I know that's not what you were saying. Like, I'm not picking at what you said or anything, but my point is only that it's much more likely that Conte sees value in him being around from a performance today than, than it pushes him to being sold out, right? Because the price tag goes up. So, but I also think ultimately, kind of what I said earlier, I don't even think this is much of a Stevie B thing. I think this is a Tottenham thing. Like Stevie B put the goals away for sure massive credit to him for, for burying two goals in like a minute. That's really hard to do in the premier league. It's hard to do in men's league. Right. But um, really, really massive, massive credit to Stevie, but today's a Tottenham thing, right? Stevie just happened to be the foot that put the ball in the net, but we really bonded together as a team played some good, brave football late in a match, right. When we were down Kane, my God, I joke about Harry Kane and, and stuff on Twitter, but, Please, please keep him at the club. Do not sell Harry Kane. Make him the captain, whatever, whatever we want to say, right? Like, we saw today that Harry Kane is very much invested in being at Tottenham. I think the video of him celebrating with the fans after the game is a lot of why I say today could be a very special moment for Tottenham. And, like, I, I've seen this on Twitter, so I don't, I can't claim the original thought. But when you see something like that with Kane... You realize that today is a big, big moment for this club because everything starts with Kane and finishes with Kane, right? Um, and he played really well today.
3: Well, I would also say to echo that, but I would also say you could say the same thing about Hugo, who is the captain on the team currently. Of course, and man. Did and I'll always skin yet for again.
2: That. Yes. I love, I will always advocate for Hugo being the captain of this club, of course, you know dramatic effect with, with the Kane captain piece, but, but my God, man, Kane is just, he's a special guy and and I'm glad to see how happy he is. Well, he also, I mean, the the
3: Dakota threw out a stat before we got rolling here. That was Andrew and and I'll kick it over to you. I don't remember exactly what it was, but Harry Kane against cash for Smigel is just um, it's abuse at this point. It's um, someone should should call some sort of social uh, services or potentially a nonprofit organization um, that helps out struggling goalkeepers. But it is it is literally Casper Schmeigel is Harry Kane's whipping boy.
1: Well, I think Scott is right to point out that this game has big implications for the season. I think there was sort of a mood around not just the fan base, but probably also the players that, you know, the cup games did not go the way we would have liked them to go. Even the Morcom game, like conceding the one goal wasn't ideal. And the Chelsea, you know, two leg tie was just a shambles. So I think we really needed this win um, just to, you know, keep going forward in the season and have some belief. Like, I think it's clear now, especially looking mathematically at the table, top four is like, it's, I don't want to say easy to achieve, but it's, you know, looking at our schedule that we have, the postponed games that we have to make up, like, it is imminently doable. And even going into the Chelsea match this weekend, I think we're going to have a little bit more belief than we did, you know, before today's match, so...
0: No, I, I think you're spot on, Caroline, and I, I agree. I think that obviously facing Chelsea this weekend is is a big fucking deal, and we'll come on to that. But I this is one of those things that, like, coming off of everything that's gone down in the last two weeks or so, and not only the cut matches, but the postponement at the weekend, which kind of put everyone in just this sour, real – just kind of a pissed-off mood, to be perfectly honest. Um, I. I don't know. I think that this was one of those kind of linchpin moments where, yeah, if you only get the draw or God forbid you do lose it two one, even though you whoop Lester's ass, like it kind of feels like, all right, we, we can build on this, but it doesn't feel as good. The fact Same that it went first. Yeah. It, you get a lot of those types of comments for sure. The fact that it went the way that it did, it really, it really does give this team a chance. And look, you're only as good as your next game. Like they, they've got to kick on and do and, and put, I'm not saying they've got to go get three points against Chelsea. I'm not even saying they've got to get a result. They have to go in and and put a good, really good performance and continue what they, what they started to build on today. Um, If they want to keep this momentum, especially because there's an international break in there and there's another cup match after that. And like, there's a little bit of a breakup coming here. It's not like we can get on a run of consistent premier league form because there's only one more game before there's a little bit more, um, i guess choppiness in the calendar if you will but um, we haven't even we're you know like 20 minutes or so into this podcast we haven't even really like done what we normally do and gone in over the team and 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 those kinds of things cuz it was a bit of a different look for Spurs today they they threw out the 352 with Kane and Lucas playing up top and that midfield Hoybier Winks and Skip which I, I think we can come on to. And it was an interesting midfield. And then that back line was kind of what we would have expected. Reggian returns on the left, Davis, Sanchez, Tanganga, and Emerson on the right. I, I think there's one person I want to give f- some more flowers to from this match. And it, I haven't mentioned his name yet because he didn't start, but that's Matt Doherty. Matt Doherty came on at halftime. And there was one player that I was really digging out in the first half and saying, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. He's constantly turning the ball over. And that was Emerson. I thought he really, really struggled uh, in his 45 minutes. And when Matt Doherty came on the first three to four minutes of the second half, there were, there was more presence and more attacking play than Emerson gave in the whole first half. Um, you know, Todd, who else from this group that we, you know, I mean, we've talked a lot about Bergvine and Kane. Um, I'll give, like I said, and you talked about Hugo Lloris as well. I'll give my flowers to Matt Doherty. Who else can can be kind of called out, good or bad, from this match?
3: Yeah, I'll uh, well, I'll call out the good. Uh, the one thing that I do want to say is it's shocking how much better Matt Doherty plays when he's on the right hand side as opposed to the left. Just right? say amazing. Um, well, and, and, and I, I
0: also add that was the one thing I feared when I saw he was coming on. I was thinking, oh shit, did Reggian pick up a knock? Right, or, right, right. Or, or is he just working his way back in? And this was the plan all along. When I saw he was coming on for Emerson and playing on the right, I. It was a big sigh of relief for me.
3: Yeah, same. Um, the guy I'm going to give my flowers to is Oliver Skip because Oliver Skip is the best midfielder at Tottenham Hotspur currently, uh, and he's carrying this team this today uh, from a midfield perspective. Today, they were asking him to progress the ball, and he did so admirably. I thought he was going to get a goal in there. yeah, uh, But, uh, you know, it's, again, continues to show he is the real deal uh, and continues to show that he has the ability to, com- to truly be a complete midfielder for this club.
1: Can I also add that when LaCelso came on, I I was so frustrated with him because I I kept seeing him just walking around the pitch and you would see Skip, you know, full pelt running and he'd been in the whole game. So I just felt like there was a big gulf in the attitude between those two players and yeah, Skip deserves so much credit for how he's been playing.
0: I think that's fair and I think that some some were surprised that that when Lo Celso came on, he came on for Winks and not for either PEH or Skip. Um, that was I. I don't know. That was, I guess, somewhat surprising to me. But I. I will say, Todd. It's I. I'm not trying to call you out here, bud. But you just said Oliver skips the best midfielder at Tottenham Hotspur, mm-hmm. the guy that everyone knows is your Viking has has mm-hmm. been in a in a in a struggling way. And I was going to also call him out a little bit, like I did Emerson. Not as much as Emerson, but I thought that. I thought that Hoiber struggled and then I saw what he did for those final two goals. And he was the Mm -hmm. guy that started those, started it for those final two goals. And it was like, Oh, well, that's why he's there. And that was kind of big. Go ahead, Dakota.
4: Yeah. That's really funny that you were going to call him out because I was going to give pH some flowers. Um, I thought he played really, really well today. Um, despite, you know, losing possession a few times. Um, the man had 88 touches today. He completed 58 passes today. He, you know, was up and down the pitch. His heat map is ridiculous. Um, so I, I think that he he played a lot today. And when Winx was subbed off for Lo Celso, you know, we had some people even in our chat asking why why not Peh? And I think because Peh offers us on the pitch what Eric Dyer does when he's on the pitch. And like because Eric show. Dyer's when Eric right. Dyer's not on the pitch to lead, to communicate, to make sure that everyone is doing their job and in their position, you and have to fuck to have, people up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you have to have Pierre Miel Hoyer on the pitch to make sure that that stuff is happening. And then you know, Andrew, like you said, he was right there to intercept that pass and to get it to Kane for that the game-winning goal. So
0: yeah yeah maybe and he started and he started things on the equalizer too exactly. yeah, and I, yeah. Mean,
3: and I mean that's the thing is <clears throat> thank you dakota i appreciate you making my argument for me <laughs> uh, <laughs> but as you call me and my viking out BotMob mob gave him a 7.8 dakota hit all the stats he also hit on the intangible piece The one thing that I will also say is if it weren't for my Vikings, Stephen Burvine would have picked up a red card via a second yellow for going into the stands after scoring the equalizer, and we kind of need him against Chelsea. So P.E.H., again, doing the things that no one wants to talk about, Andrew, to make us a better football team.
0: That's all all very fair. By the way, Dakota, I will applaud you for showing restraint on calling out who that was in our group chat because he would not have the same regard for your life. Uh, I'll just say that right now um scott what did you think about this midfield and, and this kind of argument and debate we're having because like i said maybe it's just that i'm watching oliver skip run circles around peh and it's making peh look bad in comparison maybe that's on me and i'm not saying ph had a, a terrible game i just i guess i don't know there's this expectation that there's a little more there and, and a little more um structure to his game and i've seen him be slightly clumsy at times but i, I don't think he had a terrible game i just think that Eh, it could have been a little bit better, but again, at the very end, he came up really, really fucking big.
2: Well, here's the thing like, I, I, I'm gonna try to not go on a ran here, but I'll start by saying <laughs> anytime you play as well as you did, you do as a team, like we did today, one of those midfielders go- is going to be the one that doesn't really stand out or shine, but still does a good job. And That's that was really is today. That's fair. Um, what I saw today was this. I think Conte immediately noticed that our struggles over the past, and I've talked about this on the show recently, that we've been having issues with, I guess, running ourselves out of the play. And what I mean by that is going wide when we weren't ahead of the play, right, instead of keeping the ball central when when you're not ahead of the play. Um, The inverted wingbacks were a huge part of that problem. But I also think what Conte did today was really smart. He re- he kept it simple. I think you see he, you see that Wings is progressing the ball well right now, um, and I think you just have the general sense that three central midfielders are going to, by default, just naturally going to help keep things more central, right? You don't have an attacking midfielder. I mean, one of them was was tasked with progressing the ball and and helping in the attack, which again, more ball progression than being physically involved in the attack, right? But that's going to keep you from naturally pushing the ball wide. It's also by flipping the wingbacks and not having them inverted, you're naturally going to stop seeing situations where the wingback maybe is close enough to get themselves ahead of the play, but naturally inverts and almost runs themselves out of being ahead of the play, right? We were seeing a lot of that. And then what happens is you just recycle the ball back to the middle. You turn it over, and you get countered on. It's like it's classic, classic counter-attacking football, right? Conte saw that, put three central midfielders in, kept it very simple, and we did not push the ball ahead ahead of the play when we shouldn't have it today. It was a huge problem for us recently. Um, I think it really flipped things night and day, and all that to say, PH was. I think if if we can use wings to progress the ball, use skip to protect the back line, PH can be a very effective box-to-box midfielder who, like I said at the beginning of this rant, does a really good job of just all the little things and, like, cleaning up all the bullshit that really doesn't, like, ever represent itself in stats, you know? Like, um, sometimes the best player on the field or the most important player puts up, like, a 6-7, you know? or something like that as their as a as their rating and that's just how it is sometimes and i think that was ph today a little bit but i'll also finish it off by saying i don't even know if you need to compare ph and skip because i just think they're they're being asked to just do very different things right now and skip's gonna skip's gonna win balls that stand out wings is gonna play balls that stand out and ph is just gonna be there cleaning up all the shit right um and he did a good job of that today so
0: Shit shovel and PEH. I like that. Uh, go, that you, guys, you guys, you guys have convinced me. I, I'm not, I'm not opposed. Caroline, what did you think about this midfield today?
1: Well, I think Scott summed it up perfectly just then um, in regards to like which role each midfielder's been playing. I also think it's notable that Gareth Southgate was in the stands today, and Winks had another, you know faultless performance you know he really didn't put a toe wrong which i mean great for him you know we can all be happy that he's having this sort of renaissance under conte and um he's one of the few players who's really been like a creative spark for us in recent games so i'm i'm proud of him go Winksy.
0: well and and not only that how about skip putting in a really good performance too in front of gareth southgate let's mention that you know that could be uh one for down the road as well right See, I he, want to know leave, about that. He
4: can leave Skip. He can leave Skip at home. He can leave Skip at home. But welcome to the wink wink saisons. Is that how you would say that? <laughs> I, I think you. I
0: think you. Bought that's that how, that, how you that's would like say that. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's how one of us would. Dude,
2: and his name is. Bobcat was one thousand percent watching Skip today too. Skip. Skip's going to start at at the World Cup for England. I firmly believe that. I really, really believe that.
0: Which is somehow later this year, right? Like, isn't that weird? We haven't even really addressed any
2: of that, but he's gonna be he's gonna be alongside Declan Rice this summer at the World Cup market. And if you don't believe winter at the World Cup. Then you're gonna be wrong. That's all I have to say. So sorry. Well,
0: there you go. That's
2: that's (laughs) I guess well well, Todd said no, so I had to say, Well then you're gonna have to be wrong. Did you say no? Please say you did, and I'm not an asshole. Uh, it was
3: Dakota, but you, you're not an asshole. I like you anyway.
2: Thank you. Go ahead,
0: Caroline.
1: Uh, I was just going to say that I think Bergvine is also cementing his place in his <laughs> national team with his performance today, because we should remember that this is not the first time he's uh, put in a you know into the game performance to pull off a win. He also did for the Netherlands in the I think it was the last international window. So good for That's
0: a that's a really good shout as well. You're right. Uh, Dakota, I want to come to you on the, the formation <laughs> stuff because you mentioned earlier that, you know, Bergvine perhaps coming into the 11 for for Sunday against Chelsea, and I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that after what he did today, obviously, but that would shift kind of more to a, a front three instead of the front two that we saw to start today. Is that really the best idea against a team like Chelsea, which we expect is going to have more of possession and we would want to hit them on the on the counter and maybe have a little bit more stability in midfield like we did today? Do I want that?
4: No. Do I think Antonio Conte will do that? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I I do think it's interesting though, with Steven Bergvine kind of having this, you know, the sensational ten minutes. Um, I think they call and, that the Bergvin
0: Renaissance, right?
4: <laughs> the Bergvin Renaissance, yeah. Um, and, and Lucas Moura kind of not really giving us as much as we had been getting from him. I would be interested if Conte wouldn't stick with this 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 and stick Bergvine up top with Kane and play pretty much the same midfield. Um, I think that's a possibility because Conte has definitely said often that he sees Steven Bergvine as kind of a striker. So I, I would be very interested in that. Um that I might be agree. that might be the thing that could get me to move off of my Bergvine right wing back uh agenda if he could play anything, next to Kane, Anything
0: when, could do that. <laughs> yeah, Jesus.
4: if if um uh, if he if he can be up there next to next to Kane when Sonny is out, or you know, if we want to just burn teams, put Kane or put uh Bergvine and Sonny up top and let Kane play in behind them and just run when he gets the ball. Well, I, um,
3: I definitely like the idea Dakota of getting Stevie B in a two. And I yeah. definitely think that that gives him, him being Conte the opportunity to kind of slot in even Sessignon. Like it wouldn't surprise me if you saw Sessignon and Dyer slot into this lineup coming up. For and sure. Andrew, a little bit of a tease there for you, but um, and with Stevie B up there with Kane, I think that a lot of the, like we saw today, a lot of the running gets done for Kane. It allows him to outlet and then come through and finish when necessary.
4: Well we saw too Lucas was playing up top in the two, and then when Bergvine came on, Lucas dropped back into the midfield and Bergvine went up top. So that's kind of part of what leads me to think that you know Bergy could get a start in a two on Sunday yeah. if, if Conte wants to stick with the formation.
2: Yeah, and I I do think you have to go three, five, two against Chelsea. I just I agree. I do think Part of I'm going to go back to the same point I keep making, but part of why we kept getting stuck in the corner and turning the ball over in really dangerous positions on the wing, like the the wing right around, right, like just in front of the halfway line on the wing is such a dangerous place to turn the ball over the way we play, right? And we were doing that a lot. Um, And I think it was because there was too much congestion from playing the 4-3-4, or 3-4-3, sorry. So I I do think that we should go 3-5-2. And again, case in point, we played really well today by keeping the ball central and avoiding that trap we kept setting for ourselves. And I think we have to do that, especially against Chelsea. They will fucking eat us alive if we turn the ball over on the wings like they did in the Carabao Cup about a week ago, right? Um,
4: for sure. Yeah, well, i and our best a component against... of the three-five-two. I think yeah, and our, fits our, our best personnel success...
0: well. Our best success against Chelsea came when we stopped playing the 3-4-3 and started yeah. to push the ball forward it feels like in that three four three one of the wingers at least on you know in that formation is just getting lost in the sauce like there's not enough when there's not enough possession you know in a game like today where you've got the ball um you know even in the three five two you see what they can do with it they can they can do a lot with it and and do a lot of good things in the three four three you almost have to have the ball um in order to do it but in the you don't even have to have the ball, really. It's, it works as a countering formation with our yes. personnel as well, in my eyes. And Whoa. that's why I feel like it's the best best setup, because if you're going to play a team like Leicester, where you can have 51% of the ball and you can toy around with them and do the cat and mouse thing, and like, I mean, honestly, like I said earlier, Tottenham spanked Leicester today, and, and the, the result and everything that progressed doesn't really show how much they spanked them by, but they did. And if you're going to face a team like Chelsea, which you would expect Chelsea to have, Somewhere between let's guess 55 and 65 percent of the ball, you can counter more with that formation than you can with the 3 4 3, because some, one of those wingers is just going to get lost in the sauce if that happens.
3: Well, the other thing that it does is they, it limits the time that guys like Davidson Sanchez have on the ball. Oh, uh, which and now, is, wouldn't that be great, right? Exactly. Well, I mean, this is ultimately has been. The, you know, individual airs FC is what we've been staring at for the last two years. And so this type of three-five-two formation keeps the ball moving. It keeps it uh, kind of going forward. So you don't feel like, mm-hmm. A, you're just spending the entire time defending your own box. And, B, you don't have guys that you personnel that are uh, out of position,
2: we'll say, more mm-hmm. often. Yeah, it, I saw this interesting stat today that we, and I think it's over the past, like, 12 calendar months. So this is not all under Conte, right? But you it was teams that play slow and steady and, and control the tempo and then teams that play very fast and direct. And we were smack dab in the middle, like smack dab. You you had your, your cities very much slow and steady, right? You, you had your low to mid table teams that were all fast and direct. You had a couple sprinkled randomly like a Wolves and, and a Brighton. Um, and then we were literally smack dab in the middle. And I think I don't know if that shows that we are effective at both controlling tempo and playing the counter game, which I think at times we are stats can also be misleading because that just could be like an average of all of these numbers that that something is spitting out and putting us right smack dab in the middle. Right. But I think my point is, we seem to be finding ways to be flexible in our approach. And I think that's if I could go back to like the pox days, that was my one gripe about him is that we were never flexible with our approach, right? And it was it wasn't like ineffective right or ineffective. It was very effective. but I think where we fell short a couple of times under him was the inability to be flexible. Like the year we played a three a back three and we played Sonny at wing back to keep Son on the pitch, you know, all just weird things like that, right? where we, we didn't want to be flexible. and I think we're starting to see that under Conte. It's extremely important um it, it really really is and and i think sunday all that to say is it sunday that we play chelsea saturday whatever day it is sunday, sunday. is a huge test for conte to show that he can learn from those care about cup ties right and i don't think conte needs to win like to he you know we know there's challenges at tottenham he doesn't have to prove himself by winning this match but i do think he needs to go out and show that he can make adjustments from the care about cup tie which i'm Sure, he he will do right? But uh I'll be looking forward to seeing what those are.
0: I, I think that's really key, Scott, because we we were both critical after last week of not only the team that Conte put out, and granted, part of that is because of injury and, and things like that, but we were we were just we were skeptical of the approach, especially in that second leg where you know you're playing darty on the left and you're starting Galini and you're you're in a formation that doesn't seem to fit for what they're doing. It will be interesting to see and that's where we kind of had the room to, to criticize such a, a great manager. like, like we do have the space to do that. Um, the last week showed why we have the space to do that. And it will be interesting, especially the fact that you're playing this team for a third time in, in what feels like uh, two minutes, but really is like three weeks, four weeks. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 it is a really good opportunity to maybe Nick one and maybe, you know, do something a little different. I mean, it's going to be, you can only imagine the atmosphere that's going to be there at Sanford Bridge. I mean, it's going to be, you know, last match before a break. Um, you want to go in, you know, we talked early, early in the season after what was it? Those first three matches, the one nils uh, and Spurs went into the to, the the first international break of the season on top of the league on nine points. And the, that feeling was so great going into a break. Wouldn't it be nice to go to Stanford Bridge and get a result and go into another international break with a little bit of momentum. That would just, you know, I don't know. That would, that would tickle me. I would be, I would be overjoyed. I, I, I want to call myself out really quick for what happened in our group chat today. And I want to do it publicly and just cop two because there were two moments today in our group chat. The first one came early in the match when I posted uh, something regarding Lester being a real dog shit team. And I could tell that Spurs were, were really beating their ass early in this match, the first 25, 30 minutes. Uh, and no sooner than 10 seconds after I posted that in our group chat and how confident I was feeling, Lester scored their first goal. The next instance of this came when Stephen Bergvine picked up his yellow card and did it on a clear flop and retaliated, and I was frustrated at a, a player coming onto the pitch and just trying to draw something and draw an, you know, draw a weird call by. Falling down on the floor. And we all know what he did right after that. <laughs> right after I criticized him in our private group chat. So I'll just call myself out before anyone else can. Uh Dude, for that.
2: I love it. I love you calling yourself out. But I, I I will flip it back and say, even on a serious note, so Is it you so- is, is that how you say his name? That's correct. Yep. So- you Do you, I you was old, that time? was an old pronunciation, by the way. <laughs> that that I thank him very much for that and like I'm not joking right now even myself when I played if somebody took a cheap shot at me in the first two minutes I was so dialed in and just like fired up and I was running faster and running harder and winning balls. extra spicy I seriously man I've, I started winning balls that I normally wouldn't be winning like thank you for pissing off Steven Bergvine, because I don't think he does that if that doesn't happen. And I'm, I'm dead ass serious when I say that, like that, that between the ear thing is so important (laughs) in sports and you like, you need somebody to just push you a little bit further and that he got that today. Right. And, and I, I think of like, I'd watch a Jordan doc. We've all seen it. He talked about that. He's like, I always needed to find something to just fucking piss me off within those first two or three minutes of the game. And then I went off and, it's a real thing. So thank you, Soyeon <laughs>
0: And he took that personally.
2: <laughs> I appreciate the three points. Best of luck the rest of the season. Lester, you are dog shit. Uh, come on, you and, fucking <laughs> and, and here's
0: the other thing, too. Look, I called myself out on the negative stuff. I was so confident in the way the team played in the first half. I placed a, a, a bet of of my, my own very American dollars, because I can legally do that in the state that I live in, on Tottenham to win that match uh, at halftime. And I got good odds Ding on girl. it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to – I'm going to throw some American dollars down even though it's 1-1 because I think I'm confident Tottenham can, can play these next 45 minutes and win the match. And look, after they gave up the goal, I was like, well, there goes that. They're not scoring two more to, to, to win it. There goes my, my, my money. And, you know, no, that, that didn't happen. So <laughs> I'm, I'm happy about uh, that part of it too. <laughs> so I, I just want to – go
4: ahead, Dakota. I was just going to say I heard something on the internet a, a few weeks back that, that points on the board is greater than games in hand. Um and I just want to say to us, why not both? Uh, we got point. <laughs> we got points on the board today, and we have played less games than everyone around us. We have three games in hand on first place, two on second, four on third place, and two games in uh, three games in hand of the team directly above us. Um, and we're only one point behind fourth. Uh, so we've we've got some. Uh, some ground to make up and the ability to do as such. Uh, So that's, I think why today is so important. If this can be a turning point and we can win those games that we've got in hand, um, this could be a real fun second half of the season.
3: I like that. I like that a lot. Andrew.
1: after the international break, we're likely to have some of our key players back too. So that's going to be huge for the top four push.
4: (laughs) Caroline, Son- I forgot all about that.
3: Yes. Oh. Sunny, somebody said, watch Sonny score the winner against those scummy pricks down the way. Um, Want to give you, <laughs> as, as a... <clears throat> As president and founder of the uh, Tottenham Depot chapter of the Premier Hoybier fan club, uh, I want to give you a couple of stat lines just to uh, make sure that you all understand what we're dealing with here. Uh, A couple of previous uh, members of of Tottenham lore from from years recently gone past have the following stat lines. 97 games played, seven goals, and one assist. And this is from a similar center mid, center defensive mid position. Uh, That stat line would belong to one, Victor Winyama, hmm. right? That's respectable. Okay. Big dick. Um, there. Love yeah, that. there you go. There you go. And, uh, you know, his, his goal against Liverpool will will, will long live in, in the memory of Tottenham fans everywhere. The, the
0: Vic uh, Rocket.
3: There you go. 249 games, Andrew. 10 goals and 12 assists. Belongs to one of uh, our very own and, and very favorite, Mr. Moussa Dembele.
0: That's where I was going with that. Yep. Okay. There you go. Uh,
3: 81 games five goals, seven assists. That's my Viking. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where we are when you're looking at the way that he contributes on paper, Andrew, let alone the way that he does the things that don't necessarily show up in this, in the stat line. um, That's the type of behind the scenes, get it done sort of job that I'm talking about.
0: I really like the way our midfield is playing and, 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 and yes, lot of intangibles there and and look the the winks Assance is that what we're calling it, it has has been a saddle baby it's a real thing of, it's it's and I don't know if it's for long I don't know if how long it's gonna last but I'm gonna enjoy the you know the ride while while I'm on it that's for damn sure um I'm gonna embrace that did I think that we would play a midfield of skip winks and hoy at any point this year <laughs> Fuck no I didn't did <laughs> I enjoy it when it you know, went into the King power today and, you know, rode Yuri Tielemans back all game and just whooped up on them. Yeah, I sure did. I sure did enjoy it. Even though it was not something I expected to see.
3: Well, since we're we're completely
1: neutralized Tielemans.
3: That's true. That's true. He looked they were on him on the broadcast too. We did look leggy. It also, to be fair, they were missing a lot of players. It must be said they're missing a lot of players from their first team. Right and it looked like Telemans was gassed for whatever reason. It, w- it was a tough day for them, and they deserve the L. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the other thing that I want to do here is, uh, um, since we're eating words, Andrew, is that I want to eat mine and say that the other reason why we're playing so well and why a three five two makes so much sense is because Ben Davies has, has had a Ben Davies assance, whatever the fuck you want to call that. That guy is incredible this year for us, and, and that can't be said enough. Yeah. So yeah, I believe no, no. I've should... called him Mr. 6.4 for years.
1: <laughs> Why don't we just say there's a general Conte Sance happening across
2: the team? Uh,
3: yes, yes. Conte Sance.
2: <laughs> Seriously, though, like honestly, Romero, Dyer, and Davies is going to be impenetrable. Like, I'm not even joking. It's going to be an extremely effective back three, and I cannot wait for that day. The, the 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 funniest thing to say, not the funniest the most ironic thing to say about that is Romero is going to be the one that needs the most time to get it figured out right like, the Dyer, Dyer and Davies are good and Romero is going to need to get caught up but that that back three is going to be very effective um i really feel feel strongly about that
0: well remember when you know when Dyer and Davies were playing with Sanchez on the right and how good that looked even yeah. i mean, you know i'm i'm not saying that that Romero is not going to you know, eventually slot himself into that role. But what we've seen since it really is. And another thing I did not think I would be saying it really is since Eric Dyer left that back three, that things have kind of turned a little wonky. And I thought today, despite giving up two goals, I thought they all play Tanganga still is giving me reasons to, to really doubt. But I thought as a, as a unit, I did not think they played. I thought Sanchez had a baller of a game. I thought he was really, really yeah. good. He, and, played, he played well, you
2: know, yeah. He
0: and, and all of a sudden, it's just like, you know, a couple of weird, some weird shit happens, and you're down, you know, at two different points, and it's, it's you know, they this team, though, battled back. And again, I will continue to emphasize that I think a big part of that had to do with 3-5-2 and the ability that, that that gives you to have someone else in midfield to control the game rather than that extra winger that is just going to get lost in the sauce. I, yep. I feel like I've said lost in the sauce a million times today, but th- that's what it feels like when there's that extra winger on the pitch right now.
3: Are we still unbeaten in a league under Conte,
0: Andrew? We are. Yes, we are. Under Conte. Yes, we are. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Yes, we are. We are still unbeaten. We may in the never lose again. We may not. Coda <laughs> did bring that up to me Love earlier. To see it. Said, or we go to the said,
3: bridge on Sunday. Things are things
0: yeah well look let's let's talk briefly about that because i was just going to look ahead a little bit we've got chelsea on sunday then there's the break we come back on february 5th for the fa cup fourth round tie at home against brighton and then it's a run of of kind of fun premier league matches you get southampton and wolves in early february then you get into a trip to to play man city and leeds uh those will be fun matches you get everton United, who knows when they're going to reschedule some of these matches that we still need to play, but it's like, you know, come on. Like, this is a fun portion of the schedule coming up with the way this team has the potential to play, and especially if they're able to add a body or two to this mix to, to, you know, to relieve some of the, you know, the wear and tear of a season and that kind of thing. I think that's all that's needed right now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling satisfied after this. One and last we
1: still spot. have our top scorer for the season, Sun, coming Oof. back into the Ooh, How about lineup, that? So.
0: No question. Dakota, Caroline, you're remembering bat.
4: all of the awesome things that I'm forgetting. Um, Scott, you're going to uh, <laughs> <laughs> love this. I always remember Sun. Scott, you're going to love this. Tonight, Spurs had a higher XG – than Chelsea, Liverpool, or Manchester City have had in a single game all season long.
0: Holy shit, is
4: that true? It's very true.
2: Dude, Winks, baby. That's it, right there. Just Winks, skip, P-E-H, the most attacking prowess you will ever find in a midfield, baby. Look at that.
0: Harry Wing's hmm. cam, who would have known. And he wasn't even really playing cam. He was playing deeper than most of the other guys. He was playing cam Open. from so far back.
1: From in front of from the center, center back.
0: back. Yeah, from in front of the center well, you know, it's when Yeah, that that when was you,
1: the only weird thing today was how DP was playing.
0: When you yeah, can ping passes like Harry name. Winks, why not?
2: Hey man, just <laughs> just call him Sergio Biscuits the second, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, Harry Winks right. hanging out back there. But all right, really I think this well. is
0: the portion of the program that's officially gone off the Royals if, if we're starting <laughs> yeah. if we're starting those conversations. Uh, uh, so yeah, Chelsea look forward to um, before we kind of bid you all adieu. Um, Caroline, the women's team played today we weren't able to watch it because not only were we watching the men and we only have each of us only have two eyes, but it wasn't even available in the United States to watch, but let us know what's going on with the women's team.
1: Yeah. I don't think it was available to watch anywhere. Um, I saw a bit of a, you know, fixture broadcast lineup and all the other, the other three quarterfinals all had some sort of broadcast, whether it was like Chelsea's club website, um, or the FA player, but yeah, we had nothing. So that was disappointing. <laughs> um, I fully was prepared to have the men's game on the TV and the women's game on my laptop, and that's never really good for my like actual concentration levels, but I would have gotten it done. But the good news is we beat Liverpool 1-0. Liverpool are at the top of the championship mm. right now, so they're not a pushover side. Like They definitely had to work hard for this victory, and of course it was Rachel Williams, the beast, who got our goal. And we are now into the semifinal, which don't quote me, but I think this might be the first time we've ever been in a semifinal of a cup for the women's team. So that's incredible. And I am thoroughly looking forward to find out who we're going to be facing next.
4: I, I think that's right, Caroline. Um, Cause I think we got bounced in the quarters of the FA cup against Arsenal last year. I think that's the farthest that, that they've made it. So, Big things, a, a double-dub day Arsenal for, women. For Tottenham Hotspur.
1: Yes. Yes, and, and Arsenal women actually got bounced from the cup this year. This is the Conti yes. Cup, by the way. This is not the FA Cup. It's the uh, League Cup equivalent for the women's side. Um, but still, you know, we can all celebrate about that. West Ham got knocked out as well. Um, so <laughs> also a good feeling since they kind of screwed us over on the weekend.
3: Oh, yes, and uh, a big shout to our guy, Shubes. Shubes listening asked us to make sure that we mentioned Stalteri's winner um, against the uh, – well, his word does not mind, the pikies and uh, wanted to make sure that we got that in there. So, Shubes, uh doff of the cap to you.
0: Doff of the cap to Shubes. Spurs women, by the way, next in action Sunday as well. They take on Man United, uh, an early match. Uh, but Sunday for for Spurs women – and then they're back in the FA Cup uh, after that. So boun- bouncing around, bouncing around, cup matches, January, back into Premier League, international breaks. We're, we're all over the place covering all things Tottenham. But um, like like you mentioned, Dakota, a double-dub day. Just really, really exciting. Re- really, really fun for us to, to be able to pod and to come in here and just revel a little bit, like I said, and just enjoy a midweek fun game and now we turn our attention to Chelsea on Sunday which i'm sure will go just as swimmingly it'll be it'll be really fun and we'll 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 have we'll have a blast at Stamford bridge right right everyone yeah it'll be great we'll be back yeah. to hot pod uh, yeah yeah dakota dakota yeah you dakota Cali, you guys are excited with me we're all excited we're going to enjoy this for the next few days uh we're going to hope to maybe get some <clears throat> some warm bodies back for uh for Sunday perhaps uh, we'll look forward to the news over the next few days with that uh, head to your podcast app of choice. Leave us a rating review. You can do that on Spotify now. You've always been able to do it on Apple. Uh, drop us a line on the socials at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'll run down everyone's socials here now. Uh, Dakota is at Dakota J Booth. Todd, the Todd father himself, is at TC underscore Cachoe. Scott is at DSM Spurs. And Caroline is at CG Stefco. I am at A And again, at Tottenham Depot, for the podcast, Twitter, and Instagram handles, you can follow us there and reach out and uh, do your best. And shout out to Reed Simpson, by the way. We we played his voicemail on Sunday. Uh, he's been interacting a lot with the pod. Dustin Deas as well. Uh, Dustin Deets as well, and we we love those guys. And and you know, send in your voicemails if you want to 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 anchor. Uh, we will play them on the show and react like we did last week with Reed. Uh, until Sunday, folks, uh, when we will come to you after another battle with Chelsea, a third one in as in his many weeks. Uh, this has been the Tottenham Depot <laughs> podcast as always come on you Spurs.
3: Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen supporters make this club and you the listener are what make this podcast possible be sure to follow us on twitter at tottenham depot and as always come on you spurs